Welcome to We Eat CNY, the podcast, episode four. We are here in the back cave of Glazed and Confused with owner Paul Valenti this week, talking about the genesis of where Glazed and Confused came from, how experience over everything uh, matters when you're running a business. His background, not specifically being in food, but knowing how to market the heck out of things, making sure that he has his kids involved uh, with this project uh, that he has and uh, teaching them entrepreneurship, um, being part of this new thriving Syracuse and the community surrounding it. And we'll talk a little bit about what's next for the Valentes and Glazed and Confused. But Paul, thanks so much for being here today and uh, taking the time out in the, the middle of donut service as it is. Yeah, it, Chris, thanks for, uh, for meeting with me to, to kind of chat through our journey. Yeah, it's a sunny day on Wednesday in Syracuse. The sun's out, the music's blaring, uh, yeah. the seats are outside. Uh, everybody's coming in for donuts today, it seems like. Special flavor of the day, too. Um, let's jump right in and, and let's go through the, the story of how yeah. Raising Confused came to be. Yeah, so interesting backstory. Um, so, by coincidence, uh, our family travels down to the Rehoboth Beach, Lower Delaware area for a family vacation. And there's a cool little spot down there that's different. It's a you know, little different donut shop than you would see traditionally in upstate New York, uh, like Dunkin' Donuts. They do things, um, small batches, uh, a little bit more fresh than, than most. Um, so when we're on vacation, we're, we find ourselves there two or three times a week and really enjoy it. Uh, and we're foodies and certainly love dessert. So on the way home, this was three years ago at the time, Roman was then eight years old. Isabella was then 13 years old, and they started chattering in the back about how lame Syracuse was because it didn't have a kind of cool donut shop that offered something similar than the Fractured Prune. So that dialogue started then and ended six hours later when we arrived in Syracuse with a creation of the kids saying, man, we really need a donut shop, and mom, dad, come on, we, should, we can do this, and we'll work it. And so they created the name Glaze and Confuse on that six-hour ride home. And by the time we got home, we told the kids that if they work, so my idea was, hey, you know, we could do this at like little festivals. That way we can pick and choose where we want to go and where we want to pop up. And if we didn't want to do an event, we won't. And if we did, we did. And we'll work as a family. But I really like the idea of us collectively kind of doing this business together. Yeah. So the promise was I'll make it tangible as long as you guys work and we give 10% back to a local charity. So hopefully the kids can learn and understand that giving back is really instrumental uh, to the community that we live in, um, and just kind of hopefully kind of instill that in them as any young age. So we were in the donut business without ever being in the donut business, really. Yeah. Um, so that we get home, and that is end of that's middle of August. And on 2000, a, 2015, yep, and we scratch out a piece of paper like, all right, we're going to do this, but when? So it made sense to potentially launch a Taste of Syracuse, which was the June fun uh, dollar sample event. It's where you could probably get your biggest boom uh, with name recognition or at least sample things and really see if this was something that would, would work or be received or not received. Yeah, so testing that market and having not something where you're sinking all the money into a brick and mortar right off the bat, but totally being yes. able to see if people are into it right out of the, out of the gate. Yep, so from, from the fall, in fall of 2015, I, you know, thankfully ha I have a brother that I owe some credit to that is in the bakery industry in Rochester. Um, 
and he let us go up there and use some of his test kitchens, and we started hunting uh, for the perfect, like, cake donut, just plain cake vanilla donut, and my thought, uh, which was similar to the, the style down in, in um, Rehoboth Beach, was take the best taste of cake donut you can, keep it really fresh, and have all your flavors be influenced by your toppings and glazes and whatnot. Yeah. So, so we started in the fall. We got a we got a, a scratch um, made donut that we ended up liking. That was in December, and as soon as the um, the registration came for Taste Syracuse, I was like signed up because I was really fearful that the idea would kind of just drizzle away and we'd look back and we'd regret it. But so, so we stayed true to like making sure we did it. Yeah, it was fresh in your minds, so you didn't want time to go on and give yourself that ability to back out and not yep. follow it through. Absolutely. So now that created the getting the stand ready, having my background in marketing and advertising, we created a booth that was a little bit more inviting than some. Um, you know, it wasn't a traditional vinyl sign that yeah. wasn't attractive, right? We spent a little bit more money because that was kind of our storefront for, the, for, for a moment, right? Yeah. Um, and we wanted people to see that we actually spent some money on it, and it was nice looking and attractive. So, so we were in the donut business. Um, this is interesting looking back now, but our first day ever making a real donut as a business was June second, two thousand and sixteen, mm-hmm. and we're an hour into to slinging donuts, right? And <laughs> and we launched with five donuts. Um, what were the fun five? flavors? So we launched with uh, Boom Boom Berry, Harden My French Toast, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, uh, Orange and Glad, and an Espresso Yourself. And our dollar sample was our Dizzy Pig, which was our maple, bacon, and bourbon. Uh-huh. There was a little bit of a splash going on with the maple and bacon twist. I thought that if we had a big like power and a big punch for that dollar sample, that that would be more attractive. Um, and it was kind of a lost leader because we gave a whole donut. Um, cost me a dollar to do, but hey, at the end of the day, we were just trying to build a brand and see if it yeah. was received. So a guy walks up to the stand like an hour in the first day and says, man, this is kind of brilliant. You're launching your business on National Donut Day. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you, I had no, no idea, idea it was National Donut Day. It, it worked out obviously well for us. And looking back, it was maybe it was a, a, a little... Um, little snafu of like, holy cow, like this is kind of, we're launching a, our business on National Donut Day in the donut world. Um, so fast forward, we worked those two days, that Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and we were, you know, really well received. And good buzz from the event, people good buzz. out. People... Yeah, you know, we started, we started our social campaigns prior. Um, luckily, donuts are fun and, and kind of sexy to post, so... Mm-hmm. We went into the festival with about 600 followers or likes, and we left the festival when we closed up. We had doubled that. Uh-huh. Um, but In two days, too. This wasn't no, it was you know, a week long. There's two, two, two days. days. And while I was at the festival, I was so knee deep in making donuts that we weren't really posting yeah. the line and the people. It just it was all natural and organic. The people were coming up, asking us questions, and, and started to follow us. But... The interesting part was Sunday when we were kind of, Sunday morning, I'll never forget, it was 10 o'clock in the morning, a little tired from the two-day event, mm-hmm. um, and I got an email that popped in that asked where the store was, because yeah. they wanted some more donuts, they had a busy cake on Friday, and I had to let them know that unfortunately we were kind of done 
um, shop was closed, right? We didn't even know when they were going to open back up. Um, and then we got one later in the day, and then I got an email later that week about, could you do our wedding, or do you do weddings, right? Um, and I got to tell you, Chris, I never, ever, I actually, I was against having a brick and mortar. I used to say all the time, we'll stick to the pop-ups, and we'll never do a brick and mortar. It's tough. Don't know if Syracuse yeah. is ready for it. Um, Not as agile at times if you've got to pin yourself down to one place. So you want to get a little bit more mobile and back out to festivals and you need a food truck yep. or a van. And those are all, like, really good conversations with, should we have a food truck? Should we just wait? Should we, like, what should we do, right? Yeah. So we kind of shelved the idea. We kept growing our social media. We kept on because we knew we were going to be eventually somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we would play teasers and you're hoping that people will watch it. So I'll never forget, we did a pop-up. It was about a month after. It was in the middle of July. And we came up with a special flavor and rolled out the fryer. And we did a strawberry lemonade. We actually did a survey monkey asking people which flavors they'd like to see. Mm-hmm. And we picked the top three. And we showed up uh, in Camillus with um, 12 dozen, four dozen of each of those flavors. Yeah. And, and on the way there, I was like, Holy cow, like, I'm going to show up and sit there all day, and we're going to have... Nobody's going to be there. No one's going to be there. Like, this is craziness, and and we showed up, and there were people there waiting. They were grabbing two dozen at a time, because, again, we were like the Girl Scout cookie, right? Like, yeah. got to grab them and freeze them, because who knows when they're going to be available. When are they going to show up again? And we sold out in 10 minutes. And we, <laughs> and we did some of them throughout that summer, and then we did another festival at the Italian Fest. Yeah. And the beauty of the donut business, right, was that we could completely change all those flavors. So going into the Italian Fest, we went with a holy cannoli, we went with a tiramisu, we went with a limoncello. Um, you catered what your flavors was going to be, what the flavors were for what the event was. Yep. Marketing to who was going to be there, that they would have a greater uh, desire to have that type of a flavor going on. Yep, we knew that they were going to, the, hopefully, no, knew that they were going to go to that festival looking for a cannoli and looking for some of those traditional Italian sweets. You didn't want to try to throw down a chicken riggy or a <laughs> <Yeah>, It's <laughs> coming up, yeah. So we did that, and then once again, Buzz was there, people came out, and I noticed that we had a little true like cult following that we were really, really thankful for. And the same people that came out and waited in lines in, in uh, June were back in in that September festival. So after that festival, though, the, the equipment went back into the storage for the winter, and we truly shelved it. And yeah. there were some conversations about food truck and what to do, um, but we had a lot of other things going on. I had a marketing business, and my wife was up at SU, so we just planned on maybe the following summer adding a few more festivals. Yeah. Well, spring of 2016, 17, 17. came along, and we had a little luck go our way. So before the Taste of Syracuse, and we had some long lines at the 2016, our launch. Um, definitely did a good job. That year, we were the highest trafficked on social media. There was a, a CNN or News 10 Now did a study, uh, which helped us in an interview with us that might have helped us with those 600 or adding, doubling our, our followers. Yep. Um, so... We're getting ready. We're about two weeks away from the Taste of Syracuse, and there's a newspaper article from the Syracuse.com that basically says, will the Dizzy Pig be the new Bang Bang Shrimp? And for those of you that don't know, traditionally for eight years, uh, Bonefish Grills, Diz, uh, 
Yeah, the bank trip was, there were a lot to me. It was like people were getting bold. Um, and there was a new operator, and he decided to back out because he was fearful he couldn't handle the volume that takes place. He wanted to make sure he did it right. Yeah. So I think that article, I mean, it was shared. I remember seeing it, and uh, the article was shared over 1,900 times on Syracuse.com in the two days. So I knew that yeah. it would create some more buzz. Um, but I certainly didn't know that when we opened up that morning, I mean, we had a line waiting when we opened at 10 o'clock, and the line ended on Saturday night at 10 o'clock, and we finally just threw in the towel and sold out. Yeah. Um, we ended up selling about 14,000 of the Dizzy Pigs. We doubled, again, our Facebook followers, so now we moved from, like, the 1,800 to 4,000. And as soon as we were done on sun, Saturday night, Sunday, they started again. Yeah. Where are you located? Where's your shop? Where can I come get them? And it was about traditionally doubled from last year, you know, yeah. like just by your numbers. So dialogue started again. What do we do? Do we do a food shop? Should we be more available? Why don't we, you know, should we just roll out a team that goes to festivals and build a brand? Yeah. Um, but I got to say, then I started getting soft. I was softening up to the idea that maybe a brick and mortar store, if it was in the right spot, yeah. could work. Yeah, and that's important in the Syracuse area because, you know, we've talked about traffic in Armory Square is crazy. Um, and just trying to be able to get around sometimes seems like it's a it's a pain. And location does kind of reign supreme in, in the food industry business right now. You know, the, the old saying that location, location, location is so important, and it truly is. I think that you can sometimes create a location. I mean, we've become a little bit of a destination, but it's certainly easier with a location we pick than that Armory Square. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to soften my heart on a brick and mortar just because I saw an outpouring of a couple of things. One, donuts were certainly trending a little bit more nationally. You had some of the spots in New York City and Philadelphia and other markets. Um, those small um, artisan, artisan, small batch places were doing really well. When I would visit the city, I, I'd seek to go there. Um, and then I saw like a little outpouring of the buy local movement was getting a little bit larger. So I think people by nature were going to Dunkin' Donuts by pure default. And if they had other options, um, that hopefully they would choose them if they were done right. Um, yeah, because if before you guys got here, if you wanted donuts that were quote unquote fresh, um, you know, might not have been at Dunkin', but there weren't a ton of places around in the area, save your traditional um, bakery that it's making other things too besides just donuts. Yeah, and we'll we'll touch on that because I certainly yeah. don't want to discount any of the bakeries in town because we have some great bakeries and I don't want to 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 overstep them and not give them credit for what they do. Um, but the hunt was on, right? And we still played tug of war. So there was a couple different like spokes in the wheel. It was food truck, just do festivals, brick and mortar. All right, if I do a brick and mortar, where? Yeah. Right? So then the tug of war came, suburb versus city. And I really visioned us being, from our logo and our branding, being family friendly. Mm -hmm. So a suburb might make sense, right? But I thought that if our brand was strong enough and we were open on weekends and we had a spot where we can get the suburbs to visit us with the kids working, that hopefully, right, and this is obviously a crapshoot, Hopefully that that would that would work as well. So we ended up, you know, there was a spot open down in Armory Square that I just couldn't pull the plug on. 
um, because I was really, I, I questioned that parking, right? So yeah. I visioned myself, you know, who's typically a little bit impatient, driving around and around Army Square with kids, yeah. trying to find a spot, walking, and I just didn't want that, like, roadblock from day one. Right. So I always love, so we're at the 211 North Clinton Street, which was Darwin's. Yeah. And I always loved that little building. And when I heard they were moving, uh, I was the first one. I drove down to the shop and I, and I talked to the owners. And at the time, they didn't know a timeline. I inquired about buying the building. I just, I liked the looks of it. I thought it looked like a cute little Harlem bakery. Yeah. I liked the one way outside, so it was easy in and out. Uh, it felt to me like Columbus Bakery back in the day, sure. right? You could drive from suburb, you came down on Saturday mornings, you got your bread, and you left, and no one bothered you, and you didn't fight traffic, and yeah. it worked well. Um, so a couple things, a couple additional items that I liked about this building was, one, I mean, Darwin's was successful, and they did really well. They didn't they didn't putter out in the spot. They got people to come to the spot from downtown, walking here for lunch, and they were moving to another location. So I thought in my head, even just saying we're in the old Darwin's building, people had traditionally heard of it, yeah. or at least been here. They know where it was. They knew where it was. Adding around the corner from Dinosaur certainly was helpful, too. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I valued as well. So there was a so there was a time where I liked this building, but the building was unavailable. I tried to buy the building, never heard back from the owner, and then one day I see the building sold and got a little disheartened because I thought this building would be perfect because I, I ended up wavering to this is a perfect spot that hopefully families will come downtown on weekends if we're open Saturday and Sunday yep. and still let us put our finger on the pulse of businesses here servicing them on their way into the office and it would be the best of both worlds versus Chris, the suburb, or maybe I don't have any of that office business and I get families on weekends anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Still crapshoot and still we try to guess. So one night, it was pure coincidence, I was driving by the building just because I just to want to see who was going in here. And I saw a for rent sign and I, I, you know, I got excited. Yeah. And um, by Monday, I had a meeting with a gentleman who bought the building. And this was interesting. Um, and he said, I said, hey, you know, I have a little business and, and he's um, Asian. Uh, and I said, um, you know, I have a, a, a donut artist donut shop. I'll never forget. He said, "Please tell me, Glazy confused. I wait in your lines with my kids." Oh wow! And I was like, "Yeah, that's it." And we had a deal done. I was going on vacation back to, to Dewey, and we had a deal done. When I got back, we were just we jumped in. Yeah. Right. Um, kind of like don't think about it too long. You'll yeah. talk yourself out of it. One is greater than zero. Is yep. one of the philosophies that I've lived for by the last, you know, the last year. If you want to get something done, just go out and do it, and you'll get better at it every single day. Yep. Um, so we signed the lease. We got back. We started working. And then the, the goal was to create a space that was fun, enter, you know, play music, have it energized, keep our donuts as fresh as we possibly can, mm-hmm. have the kids influence some of this so that way they continue working so we never lose track of where we started. Yep. Um, it took us about two and a half months to pull the package together. Um, we opened up on November 17th. By then we were at about 9,000. Instagram followers, social, and Facebook, we are about 6,000. Mm-hmm. So I knew we had a good punch. Hopefully it opened. And, but, you know, you, you open the doors and you still hope that there's still fear. And, and like, oh, no, like, what are we doing, right? Yeah. Like this was once a, a, a 
two-day festival that we can sleep and think about it to, like, where you're every day, right? It wasn't Girl Scout cookies anymore. No. They were fresh. That's right. Now they're every day. All the time. They're on the shelf. Yeah. So we opened up... Um, Really thankful that the Syracuse community come out and embraced us, and you know we've been doing our thing since then. So we're going on like what's that? Five months, Chris? Going on six months? Six seven months, yeah. Um, we've been increasing our numbers. Uh, traffic flow has been great, and what's really, what was really, you know, what we're thankful about as a family is that kids are still working on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. We're seeing our customer base come back, so we're building a relationship. Uh, and, and hopefully we're hitting that mark on what we set out to accomplish, which was an experience-based visit that really separates ourselves from other shops. Yeah. Um, that being one of, like, Dunkin' Donuts or yeah. your experience there. You're getting a lot of not just walk-in customers. Um, for a lot of the local Syracuse businesses that I follow on social media, they're always posting pictures of, you know, here's Glaze and Confused that we got for the team this morning or, you know, doing an event and, you know, Blaze is catering it with Recess or Kubal or whoever, you know, Peaks, whoever's around, um, that they're really pulling from that from you guys um, to, to, to build that brand even further, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of things. One, so we stayed in our lane. We have coffee and we have donuts. And, and because we're not a coffee shop, we have two local vendors. We have, which is rare, right? You'll never see this probably in any other shop in Onondaga County. Yeah. We have Recess on Cold Brew, and we have Kubal on Dread, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we stay as local as we possibly can. We have yeah. burned dairy, chocolate milk, and milk, and we locally source as much as we can for our ingredients. But to jump back, you're right. Like we have the ability to partner with as many times as we can local brands. We'll do like donuts. Our donut for grown-up series includes Beacon Skiff and Empire Brewing. Yeah. Um, we did a collaboration with Full Bore Brewery on a, a tasting with them. Just recently, last week, we partnered with Syracuse Salt Company and Sriracha Juice. Um, because remember, the one you know the you know donuts have been around. It dates back to about 1880. The first donut, and for you know, over a hundred years, they stayed pretty stagnant. The, yeah. the market, you know, the old saying is like, don't broke what's fixed. Well, they had glazed and plain and yeast and peanut, peanut and chocolate. dipped and yeah. done, right? Yeah. Recently, as people started moving towards the farm to table on the restaurant side, yeah. the donut world, you saw a couple of chefs and um, the owner of Donut Plant in, in New York City is brilliant, right? Yeah. Um, started having like matcha tea yeah. places and espresso and using combinations that were probably long overdue, yeah. right? So so I've been asked like, well, you know, are you sure it's not bad? And I, and I, and I say this, and I'll continue to say this until someone proves it wrong. I mean, I don't think donuts are going out of style. I think that it's a breakfast. You can have them for lunch. You can stop it and have it for dinner. Um, donuts probably the best staple when it comes to like that dessert snack, right? Yeah, and you can you, they travel well. They travel you well. It, they don't have to be out here. Yeah. You take them right. to the office wherever you're going. Um, but what hasn't been done is like this collection of you know putting bacon and, and adding lavender and you know pretty soon hopefully we can collab with a lot of local farms and bring fresh fruits and blackberries and and herbs and that's what hasn't been done. 
Right? Yeah. So that's what I think is attractive to people. It wasn't the season for it yet. Now we're no. getting into spring. Yeah, oh, yeah. Spring, summer being open. And now it really opens the possibility for some, you know, crazy flavors or just, you know, really good yeah. sweet savory mixes. Uh, things that just, you know, that people might not have seen for the last couple months since it wasn't seasonal. But in, in what well, they love those flavors, so to yeah. try them on something different is interesting. So, so thankfully for us, we're in a market where we have a donut that the topping can range from lavender and rosemary and thyme all the way to the gamut to traditional yeah. to Snickers. So it, 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 it at least allows us to be as creative as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, which is fun and interesting, and hopefully doesn't let people get bored, right? But you really, but in, in the same vein, you're still sticking to that tried and true same cake donut recipe yes. that your brother started for you out in Rochester. Yep. Plus, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, you've got vegan and gluten free, which a lot of families that have a you know an allergy or a sensitivity to that, they or their families just could not enjoy donuts. Yeah, we had. Uh, I, have, I have. A, I got an email last week from a, a mom whose daughter haven't had a donut in three years. Right, yeah. they had gluten free, and that's important. And hopefully, we can continue to add days. Like, right, we started um, right now. Like you said, Chris, it's Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that probably building to Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. It's definitely been embraced more. Yeah, uh, it's growing as word of mouth gets out there. Um, and, and that's another, like you said, that's another spoke to the wheel that we're staying in our wheelhouse, but it allows us to at least attract individuals and certain people on their eating habits. Yeah. And they're good, too. I mean, I've, I've, I've had them. I'm neither vegan nor gluten-free, but you said, hey, try this and let me know. And I think the, the apple uh, sauce in there really brings out the natural sweetness in the donut, too. Yep. And it's got that same feeling of the regular cake donut, too. But I want to I wanna jump uh, we talked about experience a, a couple minutes ago and how important that is for you guys. Um, disco ball, loud music, people dancing. What is? Tell me about the experience here at Glaze and how it's different from traditional places that you might go for, you know, for a donut or for coffee or wherever it might be. All right. So, and this is probably my crazy OCD thinking, but for example, um, the family just on last week on vacation went down to New York City, who arguably most people will agree across the country is the spot for good food, right? right? And and we visited a couple of what would be considered, when you pick up national magazines, the best of the best. And certainly there were some really good donuts. And I'm not here to claim fame that we have the, you know, almighty best donut in the world. I think sometimes opinion comes in and flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will share that when I went into the donut shops, I just left there saying I went into a donut shop and got coffee. There was nothing about any of the shops that I visited that had an impact that I would really go out of my way to come back. Yeah. Now, saying that, I believe that we're supposed to have the best product, right? So when I don't want to claim the thing, be like, well, we have the fresh donuts and we make them all day long, which we do. I mean, we make donuts every 10 minutes all day long. You shouldn't get a donut. Over 30 minutes old. That's rare in our industry, right? But I think that's my job as if I'm claiming to sell a fresh donut, I should be making them all day long and they should be the best, right? So I don't give a bonus or pat ourselves on the back for doing what we're supposed to do. What I will say is I think that what separates us is yes, you get the freshest donut that I think we can give you, but it's coming in and getting service. So 
we are really, and our staff is really focused on making sure that we greet you and that you know that you're valuable. You know, you have value to us. I don't want to sling you a donut not know your name or, or see how your day is going. Yeah. Secondly, music's an important part of the equation. I mean, it's a small shop, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, when I'm driving in a car alone and I turn on a fun song, Gets me happy. Yeah, you can right? smile on your face. So if I can, if I can introduce like fun music with a fun product like donuts that not only make people happy, and we can couple good experience together, that that's going to separate us. That's going to be the, the that's going to be the item where that when the family leaves, a little five year old Johnny says next week, Mom, like I want to go back to Glaze and Confused yeah. because they felt like McDonald's to them one time, right? <laughs> um, so. We're continually working that process. Generally, we start, I mean, and we're adding to that. Kids right now, my kids work on weekends, so I think part of that equation is when a mom and dad comes in here with a seven-year-old, they can give the kid a nudge and say, look at there's Roman yeah. 10 who's working the register. Um, some people may think it's silly. Why do I have a kid working, right? They don't know the storyline. Yeah. But they all appreciate the young kid working. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, two weeks ago, my wife called me and she said, it was kind of a joke, and she said, Paul, please don't tell me you ordered the disco ball for the donut <laughs> right? Because it came in through Amazon tracking, and I oh my God, the ball's here, has it arrived? <laughs> um, and she's like, no, Paul, like, and this is, I'll never forget this, she said, Paul, donut shops don't have disco balls. And I said, exactly why we're gonna have a disco ball, yeah. right? And I can't tell you now, we just saw a family, and, and the wife said, and my wife was there, and she said, oh my God, you know, our daughter can't stop talking about She looked up and saw the disco ball, right? And I said, sees her exactly. Yeah. So so it just plays. I, you know, hopefully we're busy enough where if you have to wait a minute, we give you enough to look at. Sure. Um, the store was designed with myself and Tommy Lincoln, who there's branding on the walls and there's fun characters. Yeah. But it's I would like to think it's, it's a good combination of a lot. Mm-hmm. So it would be attractive to a millennial because if the art looks like graffiti versus traditional kiddish, yep. I like to think that a guy who's like my brother's age of 60 looks up at the disco ball and has some memories, yep. right? Like I remember when those were at the so-and-so, yeah, when I used to go there. I would like to think that um, the music is fun um, and every once in a while, Chris, and it's a, I play it like a joke, right? Every once in a while, there'll be someone who's probably a little bit older, mm-hmm. right? that wants to come in and they're like, wow, it's loud. And, and I, you know, I'll use it as a joke, you know, like, you want to dance? Or like, yeah. you know, did you came in? Um, and I think because they get a fresh product, they can appreciate it. Right? Yeah. So no one will just come. But you're yeah. being a part of it too. You're being a part of their experience. Personally, it's not just like, oh, there's music, let me turn it down. It's let me, Paul Valenti, invite you in and be a part of what we have going on here, a part of the fun, not just taking ourselves serious that we've got to have the best donut in town, come in, get your donut, and leave. Yeah. It's a place for people to connect, a, yep. a place for people to, to meet up with friends. Now the sun's out, so we've got the, uh, the chairs and the tables outside for uh, you know, spring was two days long, and now we've got summer and construction going on right yeah. now. But um, it's that feeling that everybody's a family when you come in here, and not just... Um, a business of us trying to sell you something. Yeah, listen, it makes me so happy when I see people come back. Yeah, like it truly does. Like it, it's an honor. You know, it, it's 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 a really rewarding experience when we know we did our job. Um, and there should be no reason why we shouldn't. 
right? We, we use the best products. Yep. We use vegetable lard versus frying oil, so you have no oil seeping through the seeping through the donut. You have, I mean, we, we use the freshest ingredients. So hopefully we can couple it all and put it in a big cooking pot, and it's a good successful recipe. Yep. Um, there's a lot of luck that plays, and it's a lot of hard work, right? Now we're we're at twenty one thousand on Instagram uh, followers. We're at just approaching ten thousand. As soon as we get there, we'll do something fun for that on Facebook. Yep. Um, and and that's that's the story right there. Is that I truly being in that marketing social media world underestimated what was going to happen with the storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I guessed a little bit. Like when you walk into our store, you'll see a, a big display of donuts in a front case that never changes. They sit there. They're not used. They're just for show. So we'll find people coming in, walking up the road, take a picture of the outside logo because it's fun, right? Yeah. Guys, the donuts hanging with a mustache. They come into the store. They take a picture of the case that looks full because they see finally donuts that they haven't seen yeah. decorated that way, yeah. right? And that's important, too, that your case is full. I mean, it shows that you have product on right. it. You might be you know, pulling from the, the rack, rack yeah. on there, but people see it because... I would say that out of, like, if I, I picked one place that shared the most in my food feed right now is, it's, you know, mainly restaurants and chefs and things of that nature, it's Glazing Confused, Glazing Confused, everybody, you know, there's, it's not just you, it's everybody sharing something every day to make it, you know, go even further and, and reach even further. Yeah, and then they're, then they're taking the box, and before they leave, opening the box and taking a picture of the box. Yeah. So we, we're very fortunate that our, this little business, right, that we've created um, is allowing that, which helps us obviously in social, stay connected with our client, with our customer base, and as that increases, obviously the daily specials get out there, we can attract more people on daily flavors, so we run a daily flavor Wednesday through Sunday, Mm -hmm. Um, we keep our 12 on the menu for now, that may one day change, we may do two menus a year, so we may swap that out at a certain time, I'm a little fearful of someone finally falling in love with the flavor they come down every day and mm-hmm. losing it yeah. so that's a that's the next tug of war right? mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to find it myself and and listen I, there's things that I think I'm, I'm strong at and there's things I'm weak at and I just kind of rely on people who are a little smarter than me to help answer some of these um, these loose kind of questions what I do know is right now we're having a lot of fun yeah kids are still working and learning right um, and working hard there's no days off. They're in school five days a week, and they're here Saturday and Sunday. My wife's here and works at SU Law School. She's here on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's the, mo- the most rewarding thing for me in a byproduct is that we're busy and we get to serve people. But it's just the families. We're, we're doing what we set out to do, which is work together and learn together yeah. and give back, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, because we do donuts, we ramp it up or ramp it down based on demand. We may find ourselves with a dozen donuts left. We may run it perfect. We may have two dozen. And right now, what we've been doing with those extra dozen at 2 o'clock is, is bringing them down to the rescue mission. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll bring them to a neighbor and just say, enjoy from us, right? Yeah. Um, but when I bring my kids down on Saturday mornings and we drop off donuts to someone who's less fortunate than them and we can feed them, yeah. you know, that's, that's a rewarding, that's what we supposed to do. It's a good feeling. It does. Really. And you know what? They get to see that. You know, we're, yeah. we're lucky. You know, we're, they're, they're lucky kids, right? Um, 
so so that so overall it's been it's been great like it's been great like the collaboration's been great the, the way that the city's received us been great our tagline of Syracuse Born and Lays that's been moving well we got lucky we had you know luck is part of it we had Alec Baldwin committed by six t-shirts we yep. had Sam Smith stopping um, we had the, um, the Bella Twins the wrestling I mean that makes people interested in why they're stopping yeah um and it's not just the, the people that, you know, are you know, famous people that are stopping in. But you've had families from outside, way outside of central New York and other states. You know, here on Saturday, and it was Arizona and uh, yeah, Brooklyn. I think, yeah, so people are coming from all around to check out what the buzz is about in Syracuse. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's, there's another situation right there that's really exciting for us as a family. When we, we ask people all the time. Um, and originally, when we first knew we were going to get a brick and mortar, I my I had a simple mission statement. It was as simple as I come, and someone in the business community would probably say I was nuts. It didn't. It didn't. When people say what's your break even, I'd say I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what my break. I have no idea. Uh, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Though I want when you come from out of town, I want the I want the hotel like guests, right? The, the concierge to say. Well, you want to maybe you want to try dine on because that's a Syracuse staple. And, yep. Oh, and by the way, walk around the corner because this little shop's funky and fun and it's pretty cool and they have great donuts. Yeah. So, hopefully, some of that's happening, right? So mm-hmm. when someone goes and sees, and we talk to a family from Brooklyn and they come in and they enjoy it, that makes me pretty happy. Yeah. Right. That makes me like like that was the original goal. I don't even still know if I know what our break even. Is. Like, I just know that we need some more donuts. It doesn't seem like it's important to you, though, right? It's not. Like it's, it's everything not. falls into place when you have your yeah. service. You have a product that people want. You've got your family involved. You've got the community involved. You know, you're giving um, a voice to maybe some of these other uh, brands that are Syracuse born and raised as well, um, and you're glazing them. Um, but, you know, being part of uh, what I've talked through on a couple other podcasts of this food web and, you know, being a connector of people, a connector of small businesses around to help have Syracuse come up again to what it yeah. might have been years ago that, and, and, uh, and, and be part of that charge to make it make it good. And, Chris, that's a good point because what I recently heard from some of these out-of-town city folk, right, that come here from, what, the Arizona and in Brooklyn yeah. is, well, this is pretty cool for Syracuse, right? Well, yeah. there's a lot of great things in Syracuse, yeah. right? But at least it helps us because we're probably a little bit late to the party. Um, it helps us help visitors know that, yeah, there are some really cool things. and There's yeah. a good food scene going on here, right? Um, and to jump back um, and talk about some other local bakeries that sell donuts, right? There's Harrison Bakery and Lindcourt Bakery, and listen, I get donuts from those guys. Yeah. They've been around for 40 years. They're the ones that should be teaching me something. The difference is that those bakeries are traditional, mm-hmm. and they don't have one product like donuts. Because um, that's a gamble, right? You either yeah. live or die by the sword. So when they go in at 2 in the morning, they're making their donuts for the day because they have to make their breads and pies and yeah. lemon bars and everything else. Um, so I'm not discounting that they don't have great products. Yeah. They're great bakeries. They've been part of our community forever. Yeah. Um, all I'm saying is that I think for my our business, right, and what we try to set to accomplish, especially if we're going to do one thing, we got to make it the best, freshest thing out there. So that's why we choose to do donuts all day long. Right. Some people in the beginning told me that's impossible. 
labor will kill you. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. There's a reason why no one does it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. Like, I just knew that if I couldn't do it, then maybe we should, shouldn't be in the business because yeah. that's what we want to accomplish. But it was what you wanted to try, too. I mean, yeah. these were the, you know, this is the kid's idea. You know, they wanted to become entrepreneurs uh, right along with mom and dad um, and, and get after it. And, you know, Roman is we're looking across the way at him, wants to be a YouTuber. I know we've talked about yeah. in the past. Um, but kids having a sense of that forward direction um, in this day and age versus when I was 11, I was like, I just got soccer practice today or I got something yep. going on. But now kids want to be a part of what their parents are doing or they want to help, you know, push the family further from uh, their young age. And what's it meant for uh, Bella and and, uh, and Roman to be part of this well, every weekend? I'd like to think that the cool kids in school now that they have a donut shop. But, <laughs> but, you know, listen, they're doing an awesome job. They don't complain. They get up and do it every weekend. And, and whether they know it or not, mm -hmm. they're truly learning more than most kids, right? Yeah. So even if it's as simple as when the napkins start to get low to replace it, like yeah. just just automatically, right? Automatically knowing that we talk to customers when they come in. Um, they'll have an advantage over other kids. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they're just, they're in the thick and thin of a business that's busy, that's that's trying to keep on their game, and, and they're, they're, they're learning like everyone else, yeah. right? Um, and they're so, into it. I mean, I see your daughter, it. she's, uh, can I get six dollars? She's like, well, if you get the dozen, you yeah, get a better no, 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 but no, she's, quick. Yeah. she is a saleswoman yep. of all saleswomen right now. She is, she's hustling, man. Yeah. I, I love seeing that from her. Yeah, and they're, they're doing really great. We're proud of them. So what's, what's next after we look at, you know, success for six months here? What's next for the Valenti family? Blaze it confused. Um, start growing in other markets. Start, you know, building up. What do you think? So that here we go. So we're gonna play tug of war again, like we did for <laughs> so long. But you know, it's okay to be patient sometimes through all this. Um, there's a couple of different roadmaps that we could take. Mm -hmm. um, short term, it's just stay in our game here and keep challenged, keep working with, keep challenging ourselves, keep working with more local vendors. Um, for example, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're doing a happy hour at the shop with Genesee Beer. Cool. It's probably the first time Genesee Beer is going to launch a new brand outside of a bar. Yeah. Right? Um, so we're going to stay on that, keep doing what we do, and maybe add some more fun things in the shop just to separate yourself. So that's first, like, that's the, the item one. Yeah. Um, item two, there's conversations right now of us being at the amphitheater mm -hmm. um, and doing a donut specifically geared towards like the crowds there, right? So yeah. if it's a Dave Matthews, it's influenced by some of those flavors. Yep. Those are that still being negotiated, but that mm -hmm. could be on the horizon. Sounds pretty cool to me. Um, I, I think I think that I'm leaning towards um, having one glazed uh, and confused per market, mm -hmm. just because I do think we've become a destination. You know, traditionally, let's talk pizza, right? Yeah. If I live in Manlius and I have a pizza shop in Manlius, well, generally, right, Chris, we're going to order from a couple shops in our community. Yeah, it's right there. You're not ordering, you know, across town. You're not going to drive it. It's going to get cold. But with us, it's a little different, right? It's a Saturday morning trip with the. It's almost better that we become a destination because it's field trip and it's the, yeah. the, the ritual, right? Yeah. Um, so I think we can get away with it versus others. Um, so I'm leaning towards one store per market. So 
potentially second on the list would be a Rochester location. We're in, having a negotiation right now on, on a spot on Park Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe Ithaca. So the family owns three stores in that little triangle all within an hour. Yeah. Um, and then maybe consider long-term goal would be maybe franchise the brand to families that have kids that want to do the same experience yeah. in other big markets and give them just one market per location uh, would be long-term. That's probably in a nutshell tomorrow versus that. I'll say this. If I can't duplicate the stores with the same level of energy and experience, mm-hmm. then I'll stay right here and we'll do this and we'll yeah. call it a day. Right? So um, I don't want to certainly lose the identity of what we set out to accomplish no matter what. Right. So that's kind of what right now we're going to have fun. This is, like you said, it's first summer. Tables are outside. We really get to, to utilize some really good local farms with some fresh stuff. Um, and, you know, we're going to have fun. We're yeah. Fun. We'll see doing the local collaborations. Hopefully, we'll keep growing. Hopefully, we'll see some some more people stop in and and just retain the customers that we have and, and kind of call it a day. Yeah, keep it growing like that. Well, listen, Paul. I want to thank you for coming in today. What's the What's the address here again? So everybody's um, down. Two Eleven North Clinton Street, um, and we are at glazedsyr.com or our social handles at glazedsyr on Instagram and Twitter or glazed and confused circus on Facebook. And you probably just know it by the music that's blaring around and people dancing and yeah, having fun. A reflection of the disco ball, Paul saying hello. So uh, if you're out and about in the Syracuse area or you're, you're listening from a little bit farther away than just central New York, uh, come on in, see what Syracuse has to offer for you. Uh, come on in and check out a pillar of the community right now, Paul Valencia and Glazed and Confused. Thanks a lot, Chris.